Welcome to the Adventure Church Podcast. We're excited you're here, and we hope today's message encourages you, builds your faith, and brings you hope for the future. May God bless you as you listen in to today's message. All I can say is, fasten your seatbelts. This lady is on fire. This girl is on fire. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. That was a surprise. I didn't know you would be showing pictures up there. But I'm so glad to be here. And I just want to tell you, I'm a Pentecostal, so I get a little expressive. So bear with me. But you know, when Pastor CJ asked me if I would speak and give a little sermon or whatever, why I'm thankful for God, so many thoughts flooded my mind. But I have so much to be grateful to God for, and here's just a few. To begin with, I want to define what thankfulness and also what should go along with thankfulness, an attitude of gratitude for the many blessings, the many blessings, the benefits, the gifts that we receive. And to begin, I want to use a scripture found in James chapter 1, verse 17. And I'm going to be reading from the King James because that's just what I grew up with. But it's the same word. And this is what that scripture says. Every good gift, every perfect gift is from above. And cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. I'm so glad that I have that constant in my life. I know that he never changes. God's word says in Malachi, I am the Lord, I change not. I also want to draw your attention to David. We know that he received many blessings, many favors from God. And he wrote some beautiful songs, some beautiful psalms that we call it. And one of them that I want to look at today is found in Psalm 100, verse 4, where David says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name, because when we receive all those wonderful blessings from God, we turn our attention away from the gift itself, and we look to the giver of all life, and we are thankful, and we offer a praise of thanksgiving, and I felt that we did that today, and one of the things that I'm so grateful to God for is that he's an He's infinitive. That means he is always the same. He's the all-seeing, the all-knowing, and the all-powerful God. And I'd like to look at Colossians chapter 1, verse 17, where we find a scripture that says, And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Also, the psalmist, I want to turn our attention to a psalm, Psalm 147 and 5, where David sang, he said, 
great is our Lord and abundant in power. His understanding is beyond measure. I'm so glad today that I can be confident that he knows my future. He knows your future. We can put our hand in his hand, and we know that he's going to lead us in the pathway of righteousness. God has told us that we can have assurance. We can have assurance no matter what the situation might be in our life. And I think of Jeremiah. In chapter 1, he needed some assurance from God because God was calling him to be a prophet, to be a people to the children of Judah at a state of time when they, their history shows that they were rebellious. God called them stiff-necked. They weren't serving the living God. They were even giving their children as sacrifices to the false god Molech. And so Jeremiah, can you blame him? He just wanted to know, God, are you sure that you want me to go out there and preach to these people? And this is what God answered him in the very first chapter of Jeremiah. Jeremiah 1, verse 5, God said to Jeremiah, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. And that's all Jeremiah needed. And when we read the history, we know that Jeremiah was a faithful prophet to God. David, along this same vein of thought, in Psalm 139 and verse 6, David said, Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written, every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. And so David had courage and understanding that God knew all about him. That's why Paul could say without hesitancy that he, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will see it to the end. He's going to perform it. So no matter what God has called you to do, have faith. Have faith, my sister, my brother, because God is with you. And he'll see you to the end to fulfill that calling. When Moses was chosen to lead the children from bondage, from Egypt, we know that at this time, Moses had been on the backside of the desert for 40 years, and he had left Egypt in the court of Pharaoh because he had killed an Egyptian and he was afraid for his life, so he went to the desert, and he was there for 40 years, so when God called him from that burning bush, Moses wanted to know, God, are you sure it's me that you want to go and do this job? And we find, we find that Moses needed to know from God that this was truly his will. And he said, well, who am I going to say has sent me? Who am I going to say has sent me? And God said to Moses, thou shalt say unto the children of Israel, I am that I am has sent you. And the translation from the, from the Hebrew means I was, I am, 
and I will be. God is all sufficient. I don't care what problem you're facing today. I don't care what it is or how big and large it looms over your life. God has promised that he can take care of it. The Bible says that we can't exhaust the promises of God. It says that God's riches are beyond measure. They're unfathomable. We can't even begin to think of some of the things that God's able to do. And right along with that, I'm thankful for God's word because you cannot separate God from his word. John 1.1 says, In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. And the scripture says that his word is forever settled in heaven. And the Bible says that it's quick. His word is quick. It's powerful. It's vibrant. It's alive. And when I think about the word's creative ability, when we look at the book of beginnings, and we look at Genesis chapter 1, and it says that the earth was without form, it was void, it was empty, and darkness covered the earth. And God said, God said, let there be light. And it was so. And God continued on the second day, the third, the fourth, the fifth, and the sixth day. And everything that he created when he created man, God looked at all that he had created. And you know what he said? It is very good. It is very good. And this living word today still carries the power of life, the power of transformation that can be activated in our lives. Paul told the Corinthians, he said, you know, the outer man is going to perish, but the inner man, that can be renewed day by day, every day. You know, we can only do so much to keep our bodies healthy. Eventually, our bodies are spent and our days are numbered. But I don't care how old you get, and I can testify to this. God can be alive in your heart and in your mind. I'm so thankful for that. You know, the Bible says we need to be renewed in the power of our mind. In the, the mind is a powerful thing. And what we feed it determines our success or our failures down here. And the Christian church today needs strong and healthy minds. And we need the breath of God. When God created Adam from the dust of the ground, that was his body. That was his flesh. That was his mortality. But God didn't just leave him there a lump of clay that was lifeless, but the Bible says that God breathed. He breathed into Adam's nostrils, and man became a living soul. And that's that eternal value. And we know that the scripture tells us that even one soul, your soul, is worth more than the whole world and all the riches that are found there. And so that's how much God thinks of us. And from that day forward, every baby that's ever been born was born with that eternal value. 
And I love that promise that we can become stronger. I love that promise that we can feel the Spirit of God in our heart. I love that promise that I've experienced that the Spirit of truth can ignite that word and it can become that living word in our lives. Because when we allow the Lord to sweep over our souls, things happen. Our outlooks change and our spiritual life is put aright. I'm glad that God is a gracious God. He doesn't give up on us. And there are times when we may feel like we're not living up to the expectations. But you know what? God knows those times in our life, and he covers us with his grace, and he carries us along. And I'm so glad for that today. You know, so many times we read the word of God, and it's a very familiar scripture. And maybe, you know, we've read it a hundred times before, and we've got a lot of hope and promise out of it. But maybe we're going through a certain situation that is really hard for us to live through, and we don't know the answer to it, and we're trying to find a solution to it. And God will say, he will direct us, read this scripture, read it again. And when we get that scripture, it, it just opens up to us a new promise, a new pearl of great price, a new nugget of truth that's just exactly what we need for that moment in time. I know you've experienced that. I'm so thankful. You know, we can take example from the life of Jesus. When he began his ministry, the Bible says he went to the wilderness and he went there to fast and to be alone and to prepare himself for what was ahead of him in the next three and a half years. And while he was weakened by not eating for 40 days, we know that the enemy came his way because that's what the enemy likes to do. He likes to come at us from the weakest point. And so the Satan came to him and tempted him four different times. And every time Jesus said to the devil, it is written, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth from the mouth of God. I'm so glad that I have that word, that I can use that word when the enemy comes my way. I can declare a promise of God over the enemy. Thank you, God. I'm so thankful for that. In John 14, verse 6, Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. This life, this truth, it's just as relevant today as it was the day that it was inspired as the holy men of God were moved by the Holy Ghost to record them. We are told today that, you know, you can have your truth. I can have my truth. You can have your facts, and I'll have my facts. How is that working out today in America? I'm so glad that I'm on a firm foundation. I don't have to be shaken because I know what my God said, and I know that he's going to fulfill his word. I'm thankful that I can hide his word in my heart 
so that I might not sin against him. I'm thankful that I don't have to stumble and fall in this world of darkness. I'm glad that the word of God is a lamp to my feet and it's a light to my pathway. You know, we have a saying, you're only as good as your word. You're only as good as your word. That means your promises. If you promise something and you fulfill it, then people know you're dependable. But if you promise and you can't fulfill it or you don't fulfill it, then, you know, your reputation gets a little shaky. But God's promises, his word, is as good as it gets. He never promises more than he can give because he's unlimited. He's that all-seeing, all-knowing, all-powerful God. And in Isaiah chapter 55, 11, a scripture we love to quote, where it says, So my word that comes from my mouth will not return to me empty, but it will accomplish what I please and will prosper in what I send it to do. Paul said, Paul said about God's word, he says, it's yea and amen. Amen. Everything you say, God, it's an affirmative gospel. Why shouldn't we want to share it? It's positive. It's a positive message. It's so valuable. You know, we used to sing an old hymn. Maybe some of the old timers might recognize it. It's wonderful words of life. And this is how the lyrics go. Sing them over again to me. Wonderful words of life. Let me more of their beauty see. Wonderful words of life. Words of life and beauty. Teach me faith and duty. Beautiful words. Wonderful words. Wonderful words of life. You know, uh, there's uh, some scriptures that, many scriptures actually, that talk about his love and and his faith and his faithfulness. And I remember as a little child learning that song, every promise in the book is mine, every chapter, every verse. Every line, I'm trusting in his love divine, every promise in the book is mine. And I remember as a little child, I believed it. I believed it. And I'm so glad that I did because God has shown through the years that he is faithful. You know, we can take God's promises to the bank. There's not going to be a non-sufficient stamped on our promise, non-sufficient funds, because God... <laughs> He, he, you know, he, he amazes us, doesn't it? You know, there's a scripture that talks about, I think it was to the Ephesians, where God said that God is able, more than able. He's exceeding abundantly able to do all that you think or ask. But there's a little end on that. But it's according to the power that you allow 
to work in you. So some people, you know, they study the Bible. They have no, they don't want even to know God really, but they're just studying it or looking at it because they have to take a class in college or they they love the poetry, you know, of the Old Testament. Sometimes they'll just study it and they'll pick it apart, you know, thinking intellectually about it. But they don't really have faith in it. But uh, I don't care if it's a little child, you know, if they believe that promise, it'll happen. God answers those prayers. I'm thankful God says that we can be strong in the power of his might. You know, he's given us that spiritual armor, and one of the places that we read about it is in Ephesians, the sixth chapter, where we have on the helmet of salvation and the breastplate of righteousness and our loins girt about with truth and our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, and we have that shield of faith, and we have the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So the Word of God is part of our weaponry. The reason we need this armor is because we know we've experienced it, and the Word of God warns us that we don't wrestle simply against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers of darkness of this world, and spiritual wickedness in high places. So we know that there is a spiritual warfare that goes on in this world. But God says to us through Paul the Apostle in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4 and 5, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God, through the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Now, I'm probably one of those that you could look at and say she couldn't fight her way out of a paper bag, and that's true. I'm weak. And when I had to take a phi ed class in college, at the end of the semester, we had to, you know, pass certain physical, you know, requirements. And I could not, for the life of me, do the required push-ups. I couldn't do it. And I knew that I was going to fail if I didn't do it. So I went to the professor. Thank God she had a heart that was easily touched, you know, by my weak. Well, she had observed me. I mean, she knew. And she said, well, I'll tell you what. I'll give you an alternative. You can walk for three weeks. You walk five miles at a time, and you write down. You keep a log. You know how long it takes you to, to walk. Well, I could walk, so I did. I passed. <laughs> but you know what? I can have a feisty spirit <laughs> because I know who my God is. I know who my God is. I think of the story of Elisha. So many stories of the prophets of old. But Elisha, when one time the Syrian king wanted to capture him, to take him captive, take him to Syria. And Elisha and his servant, they were in the city of Dotham. And so the king of Syria, what he did was he sent a host, his great army, 
soldiers and chariots and horses and surrounded the city of Dotham where Elisha was. And early in the morning, Elisha's servant awoke and he looked out and he saw this great host, all these soldiers, and he was scared. He cried out in fear to Elisha and he said, what shall we do? Elisha said, don't be afraid. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed a simple prayer. He said, Lord, open the eyes of my servant. And when that servant's eyes were opened, he looked to the hills and he saw a great army of soldiers, angels is actually what they were, and chariots of fire surrounding Elisha. And you know what? God's word says that he sends those ministering spirits our way. His people have a ministering spirit that we can't see. You know, we're fighting things that they're invisible. We can't see them, but we feel them, and we certainly see the effects of them. But I'm so glad that we can believe that God, if he's for us, who can be against us? Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I'm so glad. And last but not least, I want to be thankful for that word. Because in John, the first chapter, it says that word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus Christ came because God in his infinite wisdom, he looked ahead and he saw men. He knew that we needed a Savior. And Jesus came. Aren't you glad Jesus came? And he sacrificed his life. And, you know, we took communion today because we need to remember that sacrifice. And I'm so glad that we can have a personal experience with God. You know, in the Old Testament, the Holy Ghost moved on people. But in this dispensation that we live in, he lives in our hearts. God said, I'm going to take away the hearts of stone. You know, I... In the Old Testament, Moses got the tablets of stone where the commandments were written on it. But God said, no, they're going to have hearts of flesh. And his word's going to be hid in their heart. It's written in their heart. Aren't we fortunate today to live in that time? And I want to look at Hebrews 4 in closing up my part. In Hebrews 4, verses 15 and 16. It says, for we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. And I'm so glad that we can go to the Lord. It doesn't matter what it is. We don't have to be embarrassed because he said, come, I feel 
And that's one reason that he came too, so that he could be both God and man, so that he could feel the loneliness, so he could feel the rejection, so he could even feel the pains of death, so that he could understand our human emotions in the different periods of time that we go through. He's with us. I can testify to the fact that we serve a God who is true and faithful. You know, in the book of Revelation, it talks about the different names of God, and one of them is he's going to be riding on a white horse, and he's going to be wearing, uh, he has the vesture, his garment, whatever. It's going to say, true and faithful. True and faithful. And then on his uh, thigh is going to be the name, King of Kings, Lord of Lords. That's the God we serve. That's the God we serve. I'm passionate about God. The longer I serve him, the sweeter he grows. The longer I serve him, I wake up in the morning, I say, God, I need you. I need you. I love you. I appreciate you. I want to have a spirit of thankfulness. And along with that, I want to have a spirit of thanksgiving. And so when I enter into God's house, I want to praise him. I want my very life to be a sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving to the God who has done so very much for me. I thank him so so very much. I thank him so very much. From the time that I gave my heart to Jesus, just a seven-year-old child, but I felt him in my life. And I knew, yes, I want to be a saint. I want to be a Christian. I want to have Jesus in my heart. I want him to walk with me through the journey of life. And from that time forward, through the decades of time that I have walked with him and he's walked with me and that my husband and I did ministry for 51 years together through the thick and thin of it all. And there were times when we were as poor as church mice. We didn't have anything. There was one time we, you know, when we were evangelizing, I was, we had the two toddlers and I was, pregnant with my third child and we went in this little camper that my mom and dad loaned us and he he took us away from Milwaukee which I really liked I liked the church I liked the people I liked the town I was very happy he said no one day he came home and he said God's called us to go and evangelize and go and help those pastors that are planting churches and so you know we pulled up stakes and we went and there was one time when one of the revivals that my husband was supposed to be preaching at, the pastor had emergency surgery and he wasn't available and we didn't know what to do. So we did the best thing that we could do. We packed up and went back to mom and dad's to Minnesota. <laughs> and they received us, you know, and we, we, had a, uh, we had a car payment. It was $120. And because we were depending on that money from that revival, we didn't have any money. We had one can of tuna left. That's all we had in our camper, one can of tuna. So um, I remember my husband saying, Kathy, you're not going to tell your parents we need money, and I'm not going to tell my parents you need money. In fact, we're not going to tell anybody that we need money. Because God's called us to this, and he's going to take care of us. And that was hard for me, you know, not to say anything. 
And so I didn't say anything. We got back to Minnesota, and a couple days later, I went to the mailbox to pick up the mail for my mom, and I brought it back, and I saw that there was an envelope, and it was addressed to my husband. And when he opened it up, there was a man who had sent us a check for $120. He was from Milwaukee. He was a, a man that we had known, and he said, you know, Pastor Dennis, when I was in prayer today, God told me you needed $120, so here it is. I've seen so many miracles and so many wonders. I'm so thankful for my journey. You know, I have this old record. It's by the Happy Goodmans. I love their singing. They're gone now. But they sang a chorus, and it kind of conveys my feelings. And the course went like this. I wouldn't take nothing for my journey now. Gotta make it to heaven somehow. Though the devil tempts me and he tries to turn me around, he's offered everything that's got a name, all the wealth I want and worldly fame. But if I could, still I wouldn't take nothing for my journey now. Mom, I'm sorry, I'm using bad English. But, you know, that was the way it was sung and, and written. So thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Can we give the Lord a hand clap today? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Pastor C.J. Well, I'm just going to say just wow, amen. What a fireballer, right? Hey, uh, today, in the first service, I want to just be honest with you. She prayed over the people. We didn't pray individually, but the altars, they were packed. And I said to her, I said, Kathy, uh, you can't pray for every one of them individually. We'll still be here praying. I mean, it was packed this morning. But this morning, as you sit in your seat here, we're entering into a season of thankfulness. And you can only be thankful by just opening your heart. Say, God, I don't like my condition where I'm at right now, but I want to start this new month, this new month right now, this new season by being thankful. I'm going to let yesterday's leftovers, manna, I'm going to forget about that. I'm moving into my new. And you have to only do that by giving God an opportunity to say, God, I'm going to let go of yesterday's. This is a new time. Maybe you had some ups and you had some downs. We all do. But you can start right now saying, Lord, I'm not going to take my stinking thinking, my ungratefulness into this new month. This is a month of thankfulness. And I want to start out right now making things new with you and right with you. And so I want to give it all to you. Jesus said, come unto me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and he'll give you rest. So this morning, if you just need prayer in any way, shape, or form, doesn't matter what it is. You just need prayer. I want you to stand right to your feet. Just stand up to your feet. Come on. Just stand. Stand up to your feet. You need prayer. Just whatever it may be. Come on. You're going to enter into this new year with a new attitude, an attitude of gratitude, an attitude of gratitude. You say, Pastor, I just need prayer. Anyone else? Anyone else? Okay. Now, if you mean business today, I want you to gather right around these altars right now. And Kathy's going to pray over you. You're going to feel the power of God, man, just touch you this morning. 
I mean to tell you, you got to have an attitude of gratitude. Maybe you're still sitting in your seats and you want prayer. I want to encourage you to come up as she get ready to pray over you this morning. I want to go into this new year, this new season, of gratitude, attitude of gratitude of saying, God, I want to be thankful. I may not like the place I'm in right now. I may not like the condition I'm at right now. or the, But today I'm making a choice to be thankful, regardless of where I'm at right now. That's a choice. I'm taking a little time here, Kathy, because one's still coming. All right? I'll tell you, I love this lady. Isn't she a fireballer? Amen. And she's going to pray over you today. And you believe and you expect today that God is going to do something great in your life. You know, change your circumstances by starting with your thinking. Change the thinking. All right? Amen. All right, Kathy. They're all yours. Pray over them. Lord, we come before you today, these precious people that are here, Lord, that believe in your word, that trust in you and know that you are that faithful and true God. They have many needs, Lord, and you know what they are. They don't even have to tell us, but they tell you. You're the one that counts, Lord. And I'm so grateful today that you have the power over every enemy. I don't care if it's a sickness today that someone is suffering. I don't care if it's a financial need that's looming large in their life. I don't care if they're emotionally distressed today. Whatever it is, Lord, you are the all-sufficient God. And we raise our voices in our hearts in one accord today with faith, believing, trusting. Lord, I've seen your miracles. I've seen your wonders. And just as we have sung today, Lord, you are still doing it today. And if we believe, if we hold together, Lord, if we take your word to heart like you want us to, Lord, we know that we can say miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle. And I proclaim it today in the name of Jesus, because I know that you are that living God and you hear our prayers. I pray for them today, Lord Jesus. Give them peace. Give them satisfaction. Give them joy. Those that are grieving today, Lord, those that are sorrowing today, we, Lord, we know that you are that comfort. You are that comforter. And we trust in you today for that too. In Jesus' name, your promises are yea and amen. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Give the Lord praise. Amen. Will you all stand now as we get ready to close? I want to thank you for being here next week. Every week of November is going to be Lucy something new. Every week. Something new next week. But I want to encourage you. Thank you for being here. And if you need a basket, if you need a Thanksgiving basket, all right, the sign-up sheets are right over here to my right. Don't hesitate to sign up for that, okay? Don't hesitate to sign up. Nobody knows. Left hand doesn't know what the right hand. And then what we do, if you're a sign-up for a basket, we give them out not this coming Sunday, but two weeks from today, the week before Thanksgiving, we give them out to you. They'll be frozen. You can unthaw them. You'll have the pies. You'll have everything you need, everything, the potatoes down to the pie, to the stuffing, to the gravy, to the whatever else. It's all there. So if you're are wanting a basket, please sign up out there. There's an orange form right here to my right at the Welcome Center. Fill that out and we'll pass it on and then we'll give it out to you on Sunday. I want to encourage you to pick up your auction stuff today. Thank you. Cheryl and I love you so much and thank you for those who all bid at me. You saved me some money but yet I didn't get what I wanted. God bless you today. Have a great day in Jesus. God bless you. 
Thank you for listening to today's message. If this message has encouraged you in any way, please consider giving to Adventure Church to help continue this ministry. Giving is safe and easy through our website at www.adventurechurchsiren.com. Thank you for your generous support.